Welcome back to another sci-fi episode where psychology and finances collide, where we continue to examine how you think, feel, and behave with money. In the last podcast, I talked about affective forecasting and how we have such poor predictive value and how we're going to feel about a future situation. And then we talked about how we don't see ourselves the way we really should. We don't see our true selves when we're looking into the future. And so I also talked about how showing or building empathy for your future self can help you with your financial goals. I'm sure some of you may have been left with the thought, well, that's all fine and good, but how do I connect that disparity between my current self and my future self? Well, I have here a book that I have used for more than 10 years, and most of those years it was in clinical practice. It's called 1001 Solution-Focused Questions. And I haven't stopped using this book even as a financial counselor because obviously I still use psychology when I am counseling people when it comes to their finances. But what I love about solution-focused therapy is that it gets you to start thinking about what you'd like to be doing rather than what you don't want to be doing. And so they're very specific questions that get us to who we're wanting to become. And instead of faltering and thinking, trying to predict how we're going to feel in the future, we actually take the reins and make decisions in today that will positively impact tomorrow. Instead of just thinking about how we're gonna feel about something, taking action with something. I have some future self exercises, many that I've used over the years. And as you listen to this podcast, there are going to be at least five exercises that I will be telling you about. You don't have to do them all. You might just want to find one that resonates with you and then replay the podcast, try it out, and see how it works for you. Because the whole idea of solution focused therapy is if you want a change, you have to do something different. So why not? What is the harm in sitting down, getting out a piece of paper and a pencil? Seriously, go ahead and get out a piece of paper and a pencil and follow along with these exercises with me. And I'll tell you, the book was written by Frederick Banning. And again, the name of the book is 1001 Solution Focused Questions. The projections into the future that she talks about, it encourages us to examine ourselves in our current situation as seen from the future. So we work backwards. And that's what I love about this, because a lot of times the reason that we are not connecting our current self with our future self is because we lose our identity along the way. And therefore, we don't accurately see who we truly are as our wiser self, that type of thing. But if we work backwards and we work from our future self and showing us the wisdom from the future 
into our current situation, that's where that motivation and hope and expectation comes from. The first one that I'm going to be talking to you about is a letter from the future. So here's all you have to do. You write a letter from the future to your current self. So here's what Banning says. She says, choose a time in the future that is relevant to you. This could be one year, three years, five years, maybe even that retirement self when you are, and I'm not even going to say 65, you guys, okay? I'm talking minimum retirement age, 57 maybe, or for those who are wanting to follow the FIRE principle and retire early, maybe 50 like myself. That's what I want to do. So if I were to think about finances and writing a, a letter from the future, then I would start with myself as a 50-year-old seven years from now. So whatever that moment is, take a time to think about that. Maybe pause this podcast for a second so you can really think about that point in your life that is relevant to you. Then she goes on to say, have your future self from that period of time write to your current self that you are doing well, where you are and what you're doing. Provide a description of the most important things you've done to get to that point. Finally, offer yourself a wise and kind piece of advice from the future. One simple paragraph. One simple exercise that can really change the course of your life. And I've had firsthand experience with this as I've had the pleasure to work with several patients over my time in the 10 years I've had this book to guide people through this exercise. You would not believe the kind of responses. I even did this with my, she's currently 13 year old, my daughter, but I did this with her when she was 11, when we had issues during the pandemic, the isolation, all those other things. So writing a letter from the future and what it was going to be like outside of the pandemic. Oh my goodness. It was so freeing for the both of us. So I know I'm starting to sound like a sappy counselor, but I'll take it. I, I do not find that insulting. I would say that that is one of the best compliments you could ever give me because that's what make us good counselors. Not only is that exercise that I just talked about, the letter from the future, a good practice for finances or financial relationships, but it's also good for any kind of relationship. When you're writing a letter from the future, it turns out to offer many starting points to improving a relationship. And one of our relationships one of our bigger relationships that we have in life is with money. Here's the next one. Again, if you're still writing out the first one, still feeling it out, you can pause this and come back to this. But here we go. One's older and wiser self. Here's where you're asked to imagine that many years have passed and that you've become older and wiser. However, you are still as is in your health. You are looking good. You're still enjoying all of your intellectual faculties. And 
Then you simply ask yourself the following questions. As you look back on your life, what advice would you give your younger self? As you look back on your life, what pleases you most about the life you have lived? Is there anything you wish you had done more or done differently? Can you indicate on a scale of 10 to 0 to what extent you have realized those wishes at this point in time? And let me stop right there. That scale of 10 to 0 is 10 being you're living what you've intended to live and 0 being you're not even close. Here's the next question. What do you hope your children will remember most fondly about your life with them? What would be the smallest step you could take to reach a higher number? Boy, this one is a great one too, because as expressed in the last episode, one of the things that keeps us from connecting our true current self with our future self, which where we lose an identity in the in-between, is we lack empathy for our future self, or we don't see ourselves as older or wiser. This kind of bridges that gap there. And this is also something that you can do to go with this exercise. You can go for a virtual walk with your older and wiser self and ask for advice about finding solutions about your current problem. I love that because it gives you an opportunity to have a dialogue with yourself external from yourself. That is a very powerful thing within therapy. Disclaimer, you're not one of my patients. I'm not your therapist. But I will say, these exercises can draw up a lot of emotion. And if that's happening during these exercises, let it happen. It's okay. If you're crying, if you're laughing, if you're excited, or if you're finally feeling hope for the first time in a long time, embrace it. It's okay. There's no right way to do this. All right, here's the next exercise. One year later. So this is where you describe a day in your life one year in the future. It's a description of what you do over the course of the day, and you elaborate and you detail what that day is. If you're having trouble making a choice, this can be a good intervention as the consequences of both choices can become more apparent. Even if I had the impression that you don't discern the consequences of a certain choice, this can still be a valuable intervention. Very simple, but loaded and packed with really good nutrients of getting to your future self. Here's another one, the five-year plan. This is where you're invited to look further ahead than usual. This is where you're asked to divide a large sheet of paper into fields. On the vertical lines, you list your sub-goals that you would like to reach, which may concern, for example, work, relationships, or money. On the horizontal lines, you're going to write down for each goal that you would like to attain in five years' time. In the fields, you're going to write down the steps that you can take to reach the goal. 
So here's an example that Bannock gives. If that's where I want to be in five years, how far do I need to have to come three years from now? What should I have achieved by then? And in two years? And in one year? And in three months? And what can I start doing now? So this five-year plan helps you formulate realistic goals and lay them out on a timeline to illuminate what steps can be taken to maximize your chances of reaching the goals in five years' time. I know some folks, they're going to think of a five-year plan and clam up (laughs) or have, have an anxiety attack and hyperventilate. That's way too far out. That's okay. You just had the exercise presented, the one year later exercise, maybe that's where you start. You start small. The five-year plan, maybe that's for folks who are really wanting to look at retirement within 10 years. What's that five-year plan before that 10-year mark? What would, what would have to start happening now so that, that you would feel more hopeful and expectant that you are making those good financial decisions now. Now, this one, Banning borrowed from Covey, and she even gives him props. If you remember Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, one of his habits is to begin with the end in mind. And that was actually one of my favorites. And he talked about the funeral. And if imagine if you were 80 years old and, you know, what would your family be saying about you at the funeral? Those types of things. So, this is, uh, she kind of borrows from that, and she, this is the name of the exercise. She calls it attending one's own funeral. This is where you're asked to imagine traveling in time to a funeral that will take place in three years' time. It turns out to be your funeral. Four people will deliver eulogies, a member of your family, a friend, a coworker, and someone that you know through your social network, whether it's at church or through sports or somewhere else in the community. And so this is what you're asked. What would you like these people to say about you at your funeral? What difference would you like to have made in their lives? I love this one. If you're a parent, you have to at least do this one. It really fills in a lot of gaps, especially if you've been beating yourself up lately about your parenting skills. What a great exercise. It will definitely illuminate what might be missing from your financial relationship as well. And maybe good for estate planning. What have you left for your family? Was it left well to where they don't have to fight over things or you had a plan in place where things were easily divided? So I said I only had five exercises, but I kind of lied. I fibbed. I remembered one more exercise in this book that is related to the future self, but not quite. This last one is about a chapter two. Here's where you could suggest to yourself, suppose you were to write a story about your life and you called it chapter two. You can leave out your current problem. What would be different from the current chapter one? That is 
the story of your life, including the problem. What people would you omit and what people would you add? So this is where you get to take out the characters or add new characters. And what ideas from chapter two could you use between now and the next time that you hear the podcasts to make the problem less of a problem? And here's why I thought of this as I was going over this podcast. So many of us have great financial goals. And I see a lot of people who have the resources and means to make these things happen without sacrifice. However, the people in their lives that aren't sacrificing are taking their resources from them. So now it becomes more of a sacrifice for the person that does have the resources and means to reach their financial goals. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Children, (laughs) you have to learn how to set boundaries with your children. Whether they're small and they want everything under the sun or whether they're grown and they have the ability to earn their own income. Say no. We definitely don't want to write them completely out of our chapters. But how would you change the character? You can't change anyone else but yourself. So who's going to be the heroine? How would you change that heroine? How would you start speaking differently to these people who are blocking you from reaching your financial goals? And listen, I know it may not be your children. It could be your parents. It could be friends. It could be extended family members for all I know. But the best thing that you can do when it comes to planning and working with your future self is to gear up your current self and say no. Until next time, say no.